Hi guys, my name is Alvin. And I'm Lexi. Welcome to another episode of Bible Talk, where questions in life will be answered by God through the Bible. Because our goal is to help you discover the goodness of the Lord, one question at a time. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you're all having a wonderful start of the week. Today's discussion will be centered on pain and sadness. So Alvin, how should we face depression? Before we explore the answer to that question, let me first acknowledge that depression is real and is often unnoticed or undiagnosed. According to the American Psychiatric Association, depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects the way you think, feel, and act. So if you feel that you are undergoing depression, please seek expert help. And if you're currently under treatment for it, please do not make any changes to the plan without discussing it first with your provider. Now that we have clarified those important facts, let me share to you how the Bible deals with depression using the same channels of how we think, feel, and act. So let's open the Bible in the book of Psalm, chapter 42, otherwise known as a depression psalm. Wait. What? Depression psalm? But isn't a psalm supposed to be used for praise and worship? Can a psalm actually go together with depression? Yes, they can. And to better explain the meaning behind it, why don't we go ahead and read Psalm chapter 42 and remember the words think, feel, and act. In verses 1 to 4, we see someone who is in a great deal of despair. So much was his agony that he longed to see and meet God in person. He likens his thirst for God to a deer who pants for streams of water. The pain was so overwhelming that he would just cry all day and not have any appetite for food. Did the person ever try asking for help from others? He did, but all he got was mockery. People asked him in contempt, Where is your God? So he tried to recall the good things of the past to help him feel better. But it just broke his heart all the more knowing that his current condition is nowhere near to the shouts of joy and praises he had before. Oh my, that's terrible. It's like being sad and isolated at the same time with nowhere to turn. That's what depression is. It controls you and causes you to lose interest in everything. But something amazing happened with the psalmist. In verses 5 to 6, after he realized his grief, he began to think radically. He did not simply disregard his sadness. Instead, He accepted it, and after embracing his despair, he decided to put his hope in God and laid down his anguish in front of him. It's like he's saying, I know I'm discouraged. I know my heart is so sad. I know that God seems distant from me. But still, these are not enough reasons for me to be depressed, because when I think of God and his greatness and all the good things he has done for me in the past, I know he will rescue me because he is my savior. I see, and that's exactly the reason why Paul was able to confidently say in Romans 8 verse 18 that what we are suffering right now cannot compare with the glory that will be shown to us because God will always save us, if not in this lifetime, then in our eternity in heaven with him. Correct. Now, we move on to verses 7 to 8. Here, the author experiences extreme anguish that he compares them to the roar of a waterfall and the waves of the sea. And like treading in a body of water, he finds himself in deep trouble, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. 
these two depths seemed to collide, causing him to sink deeper. But instead of drowning in misery, he keeps afloat by directing himself to the unfailing love of God. I admire how the King James Version describes it, as God commanding his loving kindness in the daytime and his songs of praise in the night to keep us secure 24-7. I like to picture our lives as a waterfall. For a waterfall to form, water must flow from soft rock to hard rock. The water corresponds to the trials, and we are the soft rock that is easily eroded by its flow. Over time, as the water carries the sediments, the soft rock dissolves to reveal a ledge made of hard rock over which the stream falls. This hard rock is God. When we anchor ourselves in Him, no matter how strong or violent the stream becomes, we will never be broken because the hard rock is impervious to the water current, and the result of this constant erosion is a magnificent waterfall. Wow, what a powerful image of having God as our protector. No matter how many problems flow in our lives, we can rest easy knowing that we are safe in Him. And I believe this is how we feel security when we are in His presence. The more we experience difficulty, the more we expose the sovereignty of God. Amen. This brings us to the last part of the sharing. Because the psalmist knew God and experienced the joy of serving Him, he can now act purposefully to challenge his depression. In verses 9 to 11, he is once again oppressed by his enemies and taunted by his foes saying, Where's your God? But he is able to remind himself like he did in verse 5 to put his hope in God and praise Him despite his constant battle with problems. The truth is, the world is filled with negativities that never seem to end, but we can find joy and comfort knowing that God's steadfast love never ceases and His mercies never come to an end. So what advice can you give to our listeners who are struggling with depression? When faced with depression, you have two options, to look down on yourself or to look up to God's help. Just remember that God is greater than the worst of all pain. And he has made this promise to you in Isaiah chapter 46, verses 3 to 4. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime, until your hair is white with age. I made you, and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. If you have questions that you've been struggling to find answers to, Send us a message and we'll let the Bible do the talking. See you all next Monday. God bless you. Bye.